Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Father, we thank you for this day and like what we sang, we, we love you. We thank you so much for your love and your affection for us and, and what we desire is to draw close to you, what we desire is to be rooted in you. Uh, you know exactly where all of our hearts are and, and you have a word in season and, and you want to speak, have your way and so we say yes as a congregation. We say yes to what you want to say and what you want to do in our lives this morning. We pray that you would bring another layer of knowledge, another layer of conviction, uh, that you would prompt our hearts so that you would be glorified. So in all this, Lord, we want your name to be lifted high. It's all for your fame and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we're wrapping up the series on I Am. I believe it was a great series um, where we discover who Jesus is. And, and if you look at the I Am in the Gospel of John, it really focuses on Jesus wanting to take care of us. If you look at the Israelites in the time of Jesus, it was a hard time. They were under oppression from the Romans. It was not a glorious time. It was a time of, of misery, of oppression. And then Jesus comes in the picture and he says, I am, I am what you need. If you find in, in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and, and, and you are my sheep. And uh, I, I think it's a great picture, right? Because a shepherd takes care of his sheep. And a sheep is not the smartest animal, right? And, 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 and the Bible calls us sheep. And, and I think it's kind of cool because I'm not the smartest uh, and not the greatest. And, 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 but I can be a sheep, right? Can you tell your neighbor that you can be a sheep? I can, I, can, I can do this. I can be a sheep. I really can. Uh, the entry level is quite low, right? So uh, I can be a sheep, and, and, and I'm called to follow my shepherd. Even when the sheep goes astray, the shepherd runs after the sheep and takes it in his, on his shoulder and brings, him, brings the sheep back to the fold. Uh, you, you might be caught in your jungle, you might be caught in, in struggles and you might think there's no way out and you might think that there's no solution because guilt has taken over your life. For whatever reason, wherever you are, we have this I am that is the shepherd that loves us and cares for us. Like Psalm 23, we find David talking about his shepherd where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? He leads me in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet, quiet water. He restores my soul. He says, when I go through rough times in the valley of shadow of death, you're there with me. And beyond that, you even put a table before me in front of my enemies. And he says, Father, to be in your presence, there's nothing like this. I want to dwell into your house. So, so when we look at the I am, it's a beautiful picture of Jesus that says to you, I've got you. And sometimes what happens is that we are like sheep going astray and, and we forget this, that Jesus wants to be in our lives and he wants to be present in, in, in our daily life. And that's my encouragement for you, that the I am, the Jesus, wants to be in your life and he wants to be your solution. The only thing you got to say is, yes, Jesus, shepherd me, right? 
So what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at we are the branches, he is the vine in John chapter 15. It's the same idea that we're called to uh, abide in him. And there's beauty in abiding in him. There's fruitfulness in abiding in him. So if you have your Bible, take a look at John chapter 15. We're going to go from verse 1 to verse 8. We'll try to unpack that. There's so much to unpack, actually. I, I had so much notes, and I had to shrink it down and go to uh, the core. But uh, I'll try to take what really matters in this text and, and try to bring an application when it comes to our lives. So it says in verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit is taken away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And he says in verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for a part for apart from me, you can't do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Verse 8, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. An awesome text that it calls us to abide in him. And when we look at this story that Jesus says, or the truth that we find in this story, we find there's three main actors in the story. First is Jesus as being the true vine. And there's an emphasis on the vine, on the true, true vine. And, and, and what Jesus is saying is that I want to be your source I want to be the one that you draw your energy from, your life from, because we can have different vines. We can tap into other sources. And what Jesus says, I am the true vine. It is in me that you will find life. It is in me that you'll see life flow through you. So, so choose me as your vine. And that's what he's saying in this text. And, and so the first player is we see Jesus as being the true vine. The second is to see the father that is the gardener taking care of the vine, that cares for the vine, that shows interest with the vine, and that he prunes the vine so the vine would produce fruits. And the third um, actor in this is me and you that are the branches. Can you do a branch? <laughs> a little shy. And we are the branches. And the thought is... A branch is disconnected from the vine, doesn't produce any fruits. So we are the branches, and we have this calling to produce fruits, right? The purpose that God has for my life and your life, it's to produce fruits. And so in the story, we see Jesus that is a true source. We see the Father that come, comes and works in the vine and, and makes it fruitful. And then you have me and you that are connected to the vine. So we see these three, uh, three, oh, three identity uh, working in the story. Uh, we see eight times the call to bear fruits. We see first the one that has no fruit, 
and then you have the one that have some fruits, and then you have those that are called to have more fruits, and then you have those that are called to have most fruits. And so we see here the progression and what God wants to do in our lives. And what does it mean to bear fruits? What are fruits? Well, what are the fruits uh, that is mentioned here? It's to... It's, to, it's, it's found in who Jesus is. It's to have a heart of Jesus and having the mission of Jesus. And it's to be filled with love when it comes to the Father and being filled with love when it comes to others. When it comes to loving the Father, it's to follow his ways and, and doing it out of love as we're loved. And you find that in, in John 15 verse 9 where it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. And this is the call, remain in my love. So we're called to remain in God's love. We're called to know that we're valued and that we're loved by God. That's our foundation. Whatever we go through, whatever we face, we have to know that we're loved. But we also see what he wants to do or what we are called to grow in. It says, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. So there's obeying his commandments and loving him. It's, in, it's entwined. It's not one or the other. It's not like you follow his commandments and you're not loved. You got to know that you're loved and valued because this is how how you can obey his commandments because yet you know that he's on your side so you respond out of obedience to the call that you have because you know that you're secured in his love right so it says when you obey my commandments you remain my love just as i obeyed my father's commandment and remain in his love so we see here the example of jesus where he obeyed his father he went to the cross he knew that he was loved and valued by the Father. At the same time, he obeyed the calling that he had or, or the mandate that was upon his life. If you look at verse 12 of chapter 15, he says, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. So that is bearing fruits. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. What he's saying here, the, the ultimate example or most fruit is to live a selfless life. And one of the big challenges that we face is naturally we're selfish, right? And so it's not to live for ourselves, but to, but to live a life that is based on loving God, on the foundation that we're loved by Him, and at the same time following His, His ways and to walk according to the principles that we find in God's Word. So, so we see by this, what it means to bear fruit. So it's to live a life like Jesus. And so how do you bear fruits, right? That's a very legitimate question. So how do, how do we bear fruits? Well, the first way, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to have a life like Jesus, if you want to have an impact in the lives of other people, if you want to see God flow through you and you want to see the manifestation of God uh, in your life and through your life. And we know that when there's the manifestation of God, meaning when God shows up, it changes everything. And so what we want is we want to see God show up in our lives and, and to see God show up in and through our lives. But what is needed to see that happen? The first thing, it starts, it starts by being genuine. The first thing that if I want to, be able, if I want to bear fruit, I need to be genuine. And it says in verse 1, he removes or cuts off every branch uh, in me that bears no fruit. So, so what, what Jesus is saying here is that um, what we need to do first is to accept him and accept his message. If you look at verse 3, it says, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Um, and, and so he's saying to the disciples, you're already clean. And the reason why he says that 
it's because they have left their nets and they, they had acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah. They were not perfect in their walk, as we know. It was not clear exactly. It was not like a straight line when it comes to the disciples. But they had made that decision of following Jesus. And so that was the foundation for them. And he says to them, remain in me, abide in me. But one of the things that we need to realize when it comes to our life is that if I want to bear fruit, the first thing that needs to happen is I need to have Christ in my life. Like we live in a, in a great environment. We live in a great community, a great region. And if you go back 15 years ago, I, for me, that's where I can go back to because we moved here in 05. Um, I've seen some significant change when it comes to our region. Uh, there's a lot of more diversity, and, and it's not like it used to be. And one of the things that we were known for was the Bible Belt. I, I don't know if we still are the Bible Belt, but the reality, it doesn't really exist, the Bible Belt. Because you cannot have a Christian culture without having a Christian heart. And sometimes we think that we can have this Christian culture and act like a Christian and, are, and embrace values that are Christian without a change heart. That's not what Christianity is really. And it's great to have good morals. It's, it's great to have good principles to live by. But the only way that you can see fruits in your life is when Christ is in your life. And that's how, that's what he says, where branches are cut off, or it, it refers to people that looks like Christian or behave like Christian, but they're not. If you look at Matthew chapter 13, there's this parable that Jesus gives um, when it comes to the wheat that is growing with the weed. And the weed, the kind of weed is the tares. And the story goes this way. There's, um, there's a farmer that went to sow in the morning, and he's got his old team, and they're sowing the fields. And during the night, the enemy comes and sows tares into the field. So now the weed is growing, the tares are growing. And then one of the workers says to the master, he says to the owner, he says, hey, look, we have tares into the field. Let's go and, and remove the tares. And the master says no, or the owner says no, because we, we don't want to see uh, the, the wheat uh, be stepped on, and, and, and if we unroot uh, the tares, we'll also enroot, unroot the wheat, so we will wait. So what happened with the tares, the tares looks exactly like the wheat, exactly the same. But when it becomes mature and ready for harvest, its seeds are black, and so it has, it has a black head. And actually, uh, the, 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 the tares is poisonous to some degree. And so the master or the owner says, we're going to wait at the end. It talks about uh, accountability to God or judgment day. We will see the tares and you will see the wheat. And, and so, so what Jesus was saying is that you might look like a Christian, you might do what a Christian do, does, but if there's no inner transformation or if there's no surrender to Christ, you're a tear. And so, so, so we need to realize that when it comes to the gospel, it's not just saying yes to the love of God, but it's also surrendering our life to him. And sometimes we've preached this in, in the Western world. God loves you. Um, accept Jesus as your, as your savior. Fantastic. Jesus died for us to be reconciled to the father. That's for sure a truth. But it also talks about lordship. It also talks about surrendering your life to Jesus. And when, when, when Jesus says that they were washed, the disciples, because they had surrendered their life to Jesus to some degree. 
And in the story, it talks just before that of Judas, where Judas did not, and he is that branch that was cut off because he looked like the disciple, act like the disciple, but he wasn't. You see? So it's very important for us if we want to be fruit bearers, I need to realize that I have to see Christ enter my home, in my house. That means my heart. And not just go through the motion and think that culture uh, saves it. And sometimes what happens with our kids or our grandkids, they're, they're, they grow in this Christian environment and it's fantastic, but it doesn't cut it. They need to come to the point where Christ has to become personal. Amen? And so for us as parents and as leaders, we just don't want to create an environment, even though that's one of our calls. Our goal is to see them be encountered by God, having a heart encounter with their Jesus. So if I want to bear fruits, the first thing I need to see is I need to see genuineness where I turn to God. Secondly, it's being pruned by my Father. So it says that he prunes those that are having fruits. So if you're a believer and you're following Jesus, well, the Father will come in your life, and he's going to prune you. I remember a few years ago, we had an apple tree, and, and Ron Nistider used to be an elder, and I was talking to him about our apple trees, and they had pro stopped producing apples, and I was telling him, like, because he's very good in, in gardening, gardening and all that, he says, can you throw a Frisbee in your apple tree? Will it go, if you throw a Frisbee, will it go through the apple tree? I said, no, problem. I don't think even a golf ball would go through the apple tree. It's so thick, no way. He says, well, you got to do some trimming. So, okay. So we start to trim the tree, me and Michelin, and we're saying, ah, oh, you know, because it didn't look very nice after. Because there was a lot of branches. We had this whole pile of branches. And, and you say, okay, what's going to happen? And you know what happened the year after? And the year after, ba-boom. We had a ton of apples. And so pruning is God moving in you, fashioning you. And one of the ways he's going to do that is through trials and, and, and challenges. And look what it says in James chapter 1, verse 2, just before we read it. How many of you are open to change? Change is not fun, right? Change, God, we want everybody to be changed. Change my wife, God. Woo! Change my husband. Ah! Change my kids. Change my boss. Change this world. And God is saying, well, I want to change you. I want to move in you. I want to fashion you. I want to put my fingers in the clay and make you. Ah! No, God. But you got to think about the results where, you, where, where there's fruits. And, and so Jesus wants to take you from having fruit to more fruits, but to have most fruits. And, and so what we want to see is, is we want to see Jesus shape us. And it's, it says in James chapter 1, verse 2, consider pure joy. That's a funny text, right? Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Woohoo, God. Thank you. Because, that's the key word, because. Not that you embrace trials and you say, ah, oh, come on, come on. I want more trials. No. But when you go through rough, rough time and challenges, you have this in the back of your mind because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking everything. 
And so you want to be aware that when you're going through hardship, that God might be up to something in your life. Imagine tomorrow, you've got a dental dentist appointment. You don't have a clue what a dentist is. You're going in and you're sitting on that chair. And that lady says, open your mouth. (laughs) Not a good thing. And then you hear this drill from the other room. No way, right? But when you know, when when you know that the dentist has something to remove or something to add or put a crown or remove a cavity or like scrape whatever needs to be scraped off, then you, you say, do it, right? I've been like, since I'm a kid, I struggle with my teeth. So I don't like to go see the dentist. But I know it should be this way. I know that when, I, when he's done doing his job in my mouth, even though I like it, but the result is good, right? So I understand that, that when I sit in the dentist's chair, I might hold on to the chair, right? And my tongue might be a, a beast on its own. And it doesn't respond like the dentist says, control your tongue. Control. No. <laughs> I can't control it. It's, it's, it has a mind of its own. It's, it's, it's wild. So deal with the tongue. I, I don't have any control over it. It's, but I know deep down that it's going to be good. And so I want to be aware of this. Listen, I want to be aware that God is working in my life and he's working in your life. And, and I want to be able to ask God, what are you up to? What are you changing? What are you addressing in my life? I don't want to do life just doing life and not be aware that he is the gardener and he's coming to cut, remove, and not only in a negative way, but also in a positive way. Like it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but love, power, and sound mind. And so maybe God is asking you to step out of your comfort zone and you don't know how. And and God says, just obey, just respond to my call. And you do and you see his faithfulness. But the thing is, I need to realize that God is working in my life and working in yours. Working in your marriage, working in your personal life, working at work, working in your business. He's at work. And you want to be aware of it. And you know what? You want to cooperate with him. Did you get this? You want to cooperate with them. So, so the Lord comes and, he, and he, chal- he, he, he makes me, fashions me, and he does it through challenges and trials. The other way that he does it is by being engaged with him where I can hear his voice. And when you have devotion, you connect with God and you say, God, what are you up to? What, what are you addressing in my life? Ask this question, God, for those that are married. God, how can I improve my marriage? I don't know, I don't sometimes want to ask that question because God always has an answer. (laughs) I don't always like what he says, right? Or God, how can I be a better influence in my community work and all this? Uh, How? And and you'll see, there's gonna be a whisper in your heart or you will read it through God's word and it's gonna jump in your face. And so so I have the choice of, of saying yes or I have the choice of saying no. Because the reality, every situation, I like, I said that before, that's the picture I have or the image I like to give. It's like a, it's, it's like a coin. One side of the coin, there's a temptation and the temptation, it's to throw you off course, away from God. On the other side of the coin, there's a test that causes you to depend 
and get closer to God. It's all about abiding. For me, I think that abiding in Christ, the more I, I connect with God, the easiest is for me to, uh, uh, to, to, to deal with the challenges in life and, and the things that comes my way because I'm aware of what he's up to and I have this relationship with him. But I need to be aware of what God is doing. So what I want to do is I want to learn in the challenges and re realize that God is up to something. And so, so what I need to do, I need to be engaged with them. Thirdly, I need community. I need people in my life that are able to speak the truth and, and to, to say, Claude, I'm not too sure about that. Like, are you sure about that decision? People that we walk with. You know, there's some people that have journeyed longer than us and they have so much to offer. And we live in an individualistic world where we bring our situation when it's sometimes not too late, but at the end of, at the end, where we've tried everything else except God, and we forget to go to people, not as my solution, but as God's vessel to minister to me. And let's say when it comes to marriage, when it comes to your personal life, if you've got some people that they've been married 40 years and plus and they're happily married, if you struggle with your marriage, take them out for supper. Ask them questions. Hey, how? You know, instead of trying to living it alone. So how does God shape us and makes us more like Christ is when we invite other people in. And it's not easy. It's a lot easier to give advice than to receive advice. Would you agree? Hey, it, it, it brings humility. It, it's, it's expressed in humility. And, and so you don't want to walk in pride. So, so I could talk a, lot, a, lot, a long time on that, but we need community. We need other people in our journey to inspire us. Number four is we need conviction. We need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. I correct and discipline everything, everyone I love. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Like we sang this morning, he loves me, yeah, he loves me. And we're just, just enjoying the love of God. And here Jesus says, I discipline everyone I love. Right? And, and we do this for our kids, but, but discipline is, is about change. It's about transforming us. It's about making us more like Jesus, and so, 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 so it's good, right? And, and so we want to see the conviction of the Spirit in our lives. And to, it's to realize it's a journey. If you take a bite of, a, of your apple tree or of your, of your apple in early July, it's not going to be sweet. It's going to be sour, right? So there's a process and a journey that we have to respect because God is working in our hearts. So how do we see God prune us, it's by seeing God um, work in our hearts through challenges, through uh, engaging with him by community, by being open to the Holy Spirit when it comes to conviction. Thirdly, what it comes to this text, so we, 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 we talk about our need to surrender to him, we need to see God prune us, and thirdly, it's by staying connected, abiding in him. And that's what it says in verse 4. Look what it says. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It, it, it's kind of funny. I thought, I probably think that the people he was talking to thought it was funny because everybody knows 
that a branch that is disconnected from the vine doesn't produce fruit. Like, if I would take a branch of whatever tree that you have in your yard and cut it and put it on concrete, and I would say to you, hey, it's going to die, I don't think you would be surprised, right? I don't think you would say, oh, oh I don't know, maybe it's, there's a chance. No, there's no chance. It's going to die because it's disconnected. And so when he was telling the story, people were like, yeah. But, but the reality is it's the same thing with us. When we're not abiding in him, we can't produce fruit. And if we're not abiding in him, we die. We die spiritually. We walk away from him. You see? So, so when Jesus was talking about, about what he came to do, he came to be my shepherd, but he came to be my vine. And I'm called to abide in him. And realizing it's him in me. And if he's not in my life, I can't do anything. I remember um, I was in 2018. I had the privilege to go to Israel. And so we're on this trip and we're visiting the Holy Land. It was a great trip. And I was with, uh, um, with some pastors that I did not know. And uh, so more than halfway in the trip, um, one of the guys uh, was talking with one of the pastors. And he asked me where I was living. And I said, well, I live in Winkler. Oh, okay, Winkler. Yeah, I know about Winkler. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a growing church in Winkler. Yeah, yeah. And he started to talk about Gospel Mission Church. And he was saying that he heard that they were looking for pastors. And, and he was going to apply. And then he says, do you know the church? So, yeah, I'm the pastor. Ah, so you, you are the pastor there? Yeah, and I'm the lead pastor. He looks at me. You? You're... The lead pastors, and then comma, you're French, and you're in, 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 in Winkler? How, how can that be? And I was a little bit insulted, you know? I would have preferred to hear, while I watched you online, you were, you were amazing delivering your message, or it would have been amazing that if you would have said, man, like, like you have smarts, and, and you're like, you know, you're, you, but I was offended, and through that season, if I'm vulnerable with you, I was trying so hard to be acknowledged. And that was God saying to you, yeah, Claude, really, what he's saying is true. You're not smart. You're not this. You're not that. You're not this eloquent. And you're French, and you'll always be French, and you've got to live with it. <laughs> but you can abide in me. I can be a branch. You see? That I can do. I might not be, like, I'll go, go a little further. I'm in this WhatsApp with pastors of Church of a Thousand Plus, and they're talking about books they're reading. I'm looking at them, but I don't understand a thing. Like, I'm so stupid. I don't have the smart like they do, and bless them how smart they are. And they, like, you know, they got their, their some have their doctorate in theology, and, you know, I don't have way not my doctrine in theology. And, and, but what I'm trying to say is that God rebuked me. And God was saying, Claude, you can abide. Can you, Claude? Mm -hmm. I can abide. Well, that's what I'm asking of you. Like, I can be a branch. Can you, can you raise up your hand and pretend to be a branch? Can you do that? Uh, <laughs> I can be a branch. That's what God is asking of me. 
I, I, and I get caught comparing myself, looking on the other side of the fence, and uh, I'm not good. I'm, it's not about that. It's about be connected to the vine. And if you're connected to the vine, naturally, organically, you will produce fruits. It's not about what you can bring to the table. It's not about eloquence. It's not about gifting. It's not about education. It's not about money. It's not about family trees. It's about be connected to the vine. And if you're connected to the vine, what's going to happen is that God will come and make you fruitful. Yes, he's going to come and prune you. Yes, he's going to come and change you. But you will be fruitful and you will see the glory of God in your life. That's what really matters. So it's very simple. Be a sheep. Follow your shepherd. Let him take care of you. Trust in his care. Whatever you go through, rely on him. And second, abide in him. Be connected with him. Take time to hear his voice. You know, the biggest, if someone would say to me, Claude, what is the biggest spiritual battle that you've ever faced in your life? It's to, it's to abide. The moment things are starting to go well, I'm good on my own. And when things starts to go rough, then I try to find a solution on my own. I try so hard instead of abiding, coming to God, connecting with God, letting his life flow through me, changing me from the inside, changing my viewpoints. It doesn't happen overnight. Like I said, the little crab apple doesn't become this big apple, not big apple like this, but bigger apple. Overnight, it's a process. But it's all about abiding and, and, and there's so much truth. I'm running a bit out of time here, but there's blessings. You, you see the results of abiding in him. It says, if you abide, verse seven, it says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done, it will be done for you. It's like when you abide in him, it's not you anymore. You're not living for yourself anymore. Your prayer request will change because it will not have a selfish title on top. It will be God. But it says that God will equip you to do what you're called to do by answering your prayer. Look what it says in John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruits. Uh, can, we, can I just have your attention here? He has appointed me to go and bear fruits. That's my calling. You, me, it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with him in us and him through us. But he has called me, appointed me. Appointing me is that he set a path before me. And he says, go, Claude. I called you to bear fruit. And my response is, I can't. But you can. You know what we've developed in our lives right now? It's the Moses scenario syndrome. Where, with the, and I'll try to do that in, in 30 seconds. The Moses syndrome is that the people did not want to go to God. They wanted to go through, Mo through Moses. I think we have the same thing today. Is we listen to podcasts and we read books and we, all that. And we, we, we rely on others that are hearing from God. And we don't hear God for ourselves. I can't connect to the vine. The sap of God is able to flow through my life. God is able to speak to me and, and be real in my life and, and be vibrant in me and, and leading me to a place I've never dreamt that I could do him in me. So I need to abide in him. And there's fruits of that, right? It says in verse 8, it says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. 
So it's worship unto the God, to, to God when you bear fruits. And so prove to, to be my disciple. Meaning that the proof that you are his disciple is that you bear fruits. And how do you bear fruits? Well, first of all, you got to give your life to Jesus. Secondly, you got to let him prune you. You got to let him in and change your heart. And you need to abide. If you don't abide, if you don't let him trim you, and if you don't commit your life to the Lord, you'll never have fruit. You'll be a dead branch that he's going to cut. See? I would ask you to stand. Father, I thank you for the promise that we can bear much fruits. Much fruits. We can live a life that honors you, that reflects you. Focus on the Father and loving you and loving others, and we don't even know how to do that on our own. That's why we need the influence and the impact and the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we surrender. Maybe you're here this morning, you're watching online. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home. Maybe you think that the Christian culture is enough. Well, that really doesn't exist, a Christian culture. It's not a biblical term. Christianity has to become personal. Christian means little, little Christ, followers of Jesus. So maybe you've never committed your life to Jesus. Maybe this morning, you got to make a decision to say, Jesus, I truly give you my life. I want to live for you, sorting today. I commit my life to you. God will take your words seriously. And I invite you to go to the prayer room to connect with another believer and say, and be, and be humble. And maybe you went to church for many years, but you've never, you just play the game. You just act. It's not real. Just give your life to Jesus this morning. Let it become real in your life. And secondly, Maybe you're resisting the hand of the Father to shape you. Realize that God wants to change us. And it's, we're all in the same boat. No, none of us is, a, is, is, is a, apart from that. And you say, God, transform me. Make me, fashion me. Help me see what you want to do. And thirdly, abide in Him. That's the only thing He's asking. And everybody can do that. Abide. God, I abide in you. I make you my solution. I'm connecting with you. I'm drawing close to you. I commit to be close to you and to have a tender heart in your regard. If that's you this morning. Just verbalize it and give it to the, give your life to the Lord. Say, God, transform me. And yes, Lord, I want to abide in you. And as you leave this place and go home, renew your vows with him to say, Lord, hey, thank you for your grace and your mercy, but I, I want to abide in you. Help me to abide in you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.